is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it is time for another edition of Mix Shots, and we're starting a new week because it's Wednesday. That's right. It is Giants Week, and there Any, is so much more than just the Giants. I was going to say, anybody to talk talking about. about the Giants? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you this much. In New York, they are not talking about the Giants because, as you know, I like to listen to – I like to go behind enemy lines and hear what they're saying about the other team on my drive-in. I tried to listen to, and I, <laughs> I put quotation marks around, tried to listen to New York Sports Talk Radio. And as you can imagine. Wait, let me guess. <laughs> they aren't happy with the Yankees. And, uh, a couple of former Rangers that play for the Yankees. Oh. Or, or did not play very well for the Yankees. But what we are here to talk about are your Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, there was breaking news last night. And uh, we'll fill you in on what we know about the breaking news from last night. Yeah, um, I'm sure it might have caught most people off guard, kind of not knowing what's probably was going on behind the scenes. Uh, But as Mike McCarthy pointed out today in his press conference, you know, they had a pretty extensive uh, personnel meeting uh, after the game, mm-hmm. and uh, my understanding, he kind of goes through every guy that played in the game with the owner and the COO and whoever else has probably got Jones on their name. Including me? Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, yeah. Because you're not upstairs. The, right? well, but the, the coach did meet with me yesterday evening. We taped the coach's show, and I will just let you know this much. He tipped you off. No, he did not <laughs> tip me. He tipped me off that there was something important happening. Oh. And so uh, he was in a hurry to get that coach's show taped. I see. In fact, see. he got a phone call in the middle of taping the coach's show about 6 o'clock last night. But so go ahead. this is not going to make the coach's show is what you're saying. It will be another in other parts another of the part co- of it, coach's right? show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, look, I, I'm sure it's been hashed already, and you know, this is our chance to talk about it. The thing I took from Mike McCarthy was he said there was he was talking about the big picture and multiple factors uh, on why they made the decision uh, to release uh, Jalen Smith uh, four games four games into the season, and this is the way I look at it. Number one, and this hasn't been pointed out, you know, every company points out that they were worried about his $9.2 million base salary next year, all right? But to do this move, you know, they've got to cover his salary cap hit for this year, right? And to show you the the dissatisfaction they had with him, it's going to cost them $6.8 million next year in dead money. So you never get away from the guarantees that have already been paid, right? Uh, so 6.8, he's going to cost. He's going to count against the cap next year. Next year. 6.8 million. 6.8. You know how when Travis Frederick retired mm-hmm. and then there was dead money for this year? 
Well, next year, dead money for releasing Jalen Smith is going to be $6.8 million. And uh, had they waited until uh, – now, you you do not want to wait until the fifth day of next year because it, the, right. the contract was guaranteed next year on the fifth day of the new league year. But if you waited and made him a June 1st cut, then you could spread that cap hit over two years, two years. next year. Right. Yeah. And so that's the significance of doing it now from a salary cap Exactly, standpoint. and doing it now because the contract next year, $9.2 million, was guaranteed against injury. Right. So what happens if he, I don't know, has Suffers some sort injury. of injury yeah. that he's out for the rest of this year? Well, if it's something that he has to rehab sort of the way he did this past offseason with the wrist surgery, right – uh, and 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 so he wasn't healthy at the fifth day of the league year this year, so that guaranteed his contract. Okay, they couldn't cut him. Everybody goes, why now? Why didn't they do it before? And at that point, they had still not decided on Van Der Esch's. Uh, if they were going to pick up his fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. They still hadn't drafted Micah Parsons nor Jabril Cox, right? Uh, so from a linebacker standpoint— and They basically hadn't assigned Keanu Neal yet either. And right, yeah. so their hands were tied, right? So to me, um, they were dissatisfied with his play. Let's just get right to that. Right. You know, we can come up with all this other stuff, but if the guy's playing well— then you're not doing any of this. Uh, and they gave him a chance over the first four weeks of the season to, to show, show that what he could, he fit could do better into this right. defense or whatever. And he you did want to not. Catch it. He yeah. did not. If you just watched the game against Carolina, they gave him every chance because they opened in a three-four defense with uh, Jalen and Layton in the middle. And, and that's that, where he belongs. And, and that was right? the second series of the game. That was right. the, fir- uh, the first series of the game. Jalen was not on the field. They he were didn't in start. Nick, they, they were in nickel. That's right. Second series of the game, they came out in a 3-4. Micah Parsons was playing left outside linebacker. I think maybe it was Basham on the other side. Right. And the inside linebackers were Jalen and Layton. Exactly. And the first play, uh, Chuba Hubbard went for 14 yards. And then one play later, he went for 12 yards. And then they were in it one more play. And then they discarded the 3-4 the rest of the day. And whenever Jalen was on the field the rest of the day, it was alongside – he was alternating with Leighton alongside Micah Parsons right. um, at the traditional exactly. linebacker spot. And I went back and looked at almost every one of his 28 snaps, and he, he, would, he, he, he was a non-entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him make one tackle. Uh, so that had a uh, – you know, that – was the overriding right. part of the multiple right. factors. Now, the other factor was, is my understanding, they went to him and tried to restructure his contract for next year. And I don't know if that meant uh, lowering the base salary. Uh, I don't know if that meant, okay, we're going to take this guarantee away or the injury guarantee away. Uh, but when they come to you and, and ask you to do that and you say no – well, they're sitting here going, okay, now we got to be careful because what if he gets some sort of injury and he needs a surgery and now the contract's guaranteed, right? So they didn't want to risk that chance either. Um, my other point is just look at the roster. Mm-hmm. Now, 
they knew Keanu Neal was coming back this week. Brandon and I coming back off of COVID. Uh, so that would have that would have given them that that added to the roster that they would if Jalen was on it they would have been right at 53. But with Jalen gone they're at 52. But look at the guys that are about ready to come back off of injured reserve. And I counted between Lael Collins' uh, suspension uh, and then the guys on IR. There's like six guys that they would like to get back on this roster. So they were going to have to start cutting guys, right? Mm -hmm. Now, do you want to get rid of young guys that you feel like they've got a future and risk them getting picked up because you're going to wave them and try to put them on the practice squad? Or are you looking at somebody that, uh, as uh, McCarthy pointed out, he didn't say he didn't fit into this defensive system, but he said we have a defensive system that we're going forward with. To me, that meant he didn't fit into what they were doing. Uh, and so if somebody's going to be expendable, well, there you go, right? And sometimes I think guys have to – now, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I don't know if somebody's going to sign him. He doesn't have to go through waivers. Uh, but if you don't feel like this guy's got a future with you, well, you're not going to keep him and say, cutting – um, somebody that you would like to go forward with, but it's a, it might not be there yet. It sounds like Jabril Cox is not quite there yet, but he's playing special teams. You don't want to cut him. so Or Luke Gifford. Or Gifford. Right. Yeah. So you you got to move forward, and you can't keep looking backwards. So to me, if you look at where your situation is and they ask you to restructure – Probably restructure is probably a pretty good idea because if you're not, then this might be, uh, you know, the result of mm -hmm. saying no. And um, and even from the standpoint of, uh, I mean, just look at snaps this week against the Giants with Neil coming back, and you look at the game against Carolina, and when you're grading the film from that game, and you've got Leighton Vander Esch grading out much better than Jalen Smith, you would like to have Leighton. How many snaps did Leighton get in that game? Uh, Leighton. 30 something, right? Leighton ended up with 40. 40 snaps. And Jalen okay. had 28. Okay, those 28 snaps. Micah played 68 snaps. Yep. Okay. If if Leighton, if you've and and this is even even factoring in Keanu Neal coming back. And which way? By the way, 68 was one short of 100 percent. Right. All right. And and so if you if you decide that Leighton deserves the playing time over Jalen, okay. So what is Jalen doing? Is is he inactive this he, this week? He he's the fourth linebacker, mm -hmm. right? And he doesn't At play best, special teams. And he doesn't play special teams. So. And you got uh, Jabril Cox, who ends up playing 19 special team snaps, 66 percent. So that, in essence, is the timing of it. That I mean, and, and from a very practical standpoint, you, he doesn't have a role this week on this roster. Right. And 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 again, you know, 7.2 million base salary. Now you got to cover that, right? Mm -hmm. But if somebody picks him up and signs him for, say, $2 million, then you can take that off the 7.2 that's been guaranteed already. Um, so, 
it sounded you like could, reports where they tried to trade him. I don't know. If well, and you that could see you happen. could see this coming throughout the off season because of the abundance of linebackers they had. The other part of this, this was the first game that Parsons has played the full. Uh, uh, he's gotten the full snaps. Yeah, he's been around 38, 40 snaps in every game so far. This is the first time he's had the full plate of 68 snaps in a game. Yeah, and, and they tried to give because there were some there were some snaps that uh, Parsons got. They, they they came at defensive end, right? So they gave him a chance to be out there, right? Um, and it didn't works out so well. And there were some uh, alignments I saw in the second half where when they had Parsons at a defensive end. Um, Layton was the only true linebacker on the field, and then they were playing Curse kind of as a hybrid-type linebacker-slash-safety guy in the slot. It would be interesting to know if uh, how much they tried or, or at least inquired with other possible trading suitors uh, throughout the summer and leading up to the start of the season. Because I was looking at it going, and I thought all along, you know, he's from Indianapolis and uh, or Indiana, and uh, the Colts' uh, middle linebacker signed elsewhere, and they had a need. And then you've got Ibraflus there, Ibraflus you know, who's familiar with him. I thought that would be a good trading partner if I remember you bringing that up yeah and so I was looking because you could just see that there was more inventory than playing time uh, on this roster at the linebacker position barring injuries and so forth and so now we've gotten basically a quarter of the way into the season and it's has sorted itself out fortunately and knock on wood uh, they're fine health-wise at that position but even if they do suffer an injury that position they feel good about the depth obviously that they they've got there and, you know, and the other guy, and I know they like him for special teams pers- uh, purposes, uh, but the other guy that's on uh, injured reserve, Francis Bernard, mm-hmm. they they like him. Mm-hmm. And remember, they kept him on the 53 last year. Right. They did give him some snaps uh, other than special teams. So, yeah, it's about going forward. And, you know, when the head coach says, you know, we got to look at the big picture, well, that kind of says it without saying it, right? Right. You know, he said all the nice things about him that you could. Uh, and then it comes down to can you play? Can you produce? And it wasn't happening. So he gets he, – he's expendable. Well, as uh, we – and by the way, uh, I did not mention off yes. the top that uh, there is a vacant <laughs> seat here. Everson uh, told us at the end of the show yesterday that he was uh, he traveling was- today and uh, would not be able to make it, but he'll be back uh, on Thursday and Friday, and don't you know he's just uh, chomping at the bit to be able to talk about this because we know that because he was texting as soon as it happened last yeah, night. Yeah, how did he uh, know first? <laughs> I got a I got a what the heck text or whatever that thing is. W T H. But yeah, yeah, he'll be joining us remotely. So yeah, so now they went out there and practiced today. So, you know, but one of the questions that kept coming up was how's this going to affect the locker room? Mm-hmm. And that's what I was about to say. Right now, as we begin this show, Micah Parsons and Leighton Vander Esch were talking they to are, the media. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that'll be uh, – yeah. we need to listen to uh-huh. right afterwards. Uh, you know, and I'm sure, but it'll say the right thing. Uh, I just – I never – and I – so look, we haven't been in the locker room since 2019. I don't know what happened last year. Uh, don't know what's happening this year. But if I look back to 2019, I just didn't think he was like a locker room guy that everybody gravitated to. And I'm not sure he gravitated to anybody else. 
And I've said that before, and I said this year I saw a change in him in training camp. He seemed more engaged with his teammates. You know, they it was running around, patting guys on the back, and uh, but that wasn't him those other years. So I don't know that it affects the locker room. And somebody tried to suggest the Cowboys were sending a message. No, they weren't sending a message. Like, with, with oh, the, you guys better start playing well because otherwise we're going to cut no. <laughs> you. This was not a Jimmy Johnson no, move, right? No. And you don't do that when you're going to get $6.8 million stuffed in your cap next year. In fact, I, th- I look at it as they gave him every chance to sh- by keeping him on the roster the first quarter of this season, gave him every chance to show that, uh, yeah, that, that he belonged, uh-huh, right? Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, and. You know, the story's a great one as far as the way he came back from his devastating injury uh, his senior year or last year at uh, Notre Dame and rehabbed and, and so forth. Uh, but at, at a certain point, um, you know, if you're not getting better, uh, yeah, you know, it's there's it's, it's like the it's like the 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 roller coaster was going uphill and then it hit the top, mm-hmm. right? And then what happens? So you got to be able to stay up there. Right, and I'm not sure he did. Yeah, so that's the bottom line. Okay, I've uh, got some questions about this defense going forward, and along the lines of that little three-four look that we saw the other day, and maybe what Dan Quinn's uh, uh, ideas are going forward here as the Cowboys take on the Giants this week. When mix shots continues in just a moment. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to mixed shots. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders making the team is back for another exciting season. Don't miss new episodes every Friday at 9, 8 central only on CMT. 
All right, we continue on uh, mixed shots and uh, the other little bit of news that broke this morning around the National Football League. That there was some speculation that the Cowboys perhaps could be on the radar of this uh, certain player who is about to be released by the New England Patriots, Stephon Gilmore. Well, as it turns out, it didn't even get to three o'clock this afternoon, and Stephon Gilmore is now instead headed to the Carolina Panthers for a two. 2023 sixth round draft pick. Do other teams need any players other than the Cowboys? <laughs> Every time somebody comes available, well, the Cowboys got to be interested in them. Right? Well, it, it, what was being talked about uh, locally on sports talk radio is the fact that, okay, we need to do something about that other cornerback spot opposite uh, Trayvon Diggs. And, okay, we got Anthony Brown, but, you know, Gilmore sure would look good over there. Have we forgotten that Kelvin Joseph is coming back at some point? Yeah, and, and you he, know they used a second, a second round, round draft pick, pick on him, right? So, um, and how much is he going to cost? Like going mm. forward, are, are you going to rent him for? It's it's nearly uh, with his roster bonus, um, and I'm sure that has tied to games played. He wouldn't be available until. Week seven. Week seven. He's he, on pup. He's on pup. Yep. And he would cost six million dollars. Uh, so that's half your cap right there uh, that you supposedly have available. Uh, and then, you know, are you going to re-sign him next year? Now, for a six, you can throw a six the way I guess for three quarters of a season if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might be what Carolina's doing because they've had so many injuries. At they've corner. lost J.C. Horn, and of course they signed uh, or they traded for C.J. Henderson right. last week. Yeah. So, so and, and C.J. Henderson it, being a second-year player in the league, they've got him uh, under control for right. a couple of years at least. Now everybody's saying Gilmore's healthy because he got put on pup. It was a supposedly a, a quad, I believe it was, and but he was unhappy with his contract. Right. So. Um, if five million or six million a year weren't enough, uh, yeah, he's going to want you know double digit figures. And sure, and, and and you you would like to use some of your salary cap if available next year. Uh, you would like to at least entertain the possibility of re-signing Lan- uh, Leighton Vanderesh. You might want to re-sign. Um, um, Michael Gallup. I don't know if it's affordable. And then Randy Gregory's up too, by the way. Mm-hmm. So this money that they freed up. Not to mention the free agents that they signed this year yeah. on one year deals In case like you Keanu Neal and J. Ron Curse right. and uh, DeMonte Casey, uh, who are all playing pretty well right now. Yeah, absolutely. So you got to think ahead. Big picture. Right, mm. it's not all about today. You got to plan ahead, so you can't be keep spending money at the same position or draft capital at the same position all the time. Sometimes you got to have a fifth round pick start, a sixth round pick start. I think uh, Anthony Brown was a sixth, sixth round yep. pick. You know, sometimes you got to have a. Um, uh, Terrence Steele step up as a rookie free agent, and the next year look like, okay, I got to save some money. I don't. Uh, and by the way, Ty Nasecki's back out on the on the practice field. We'll get into a practice. And, and by here. the way, uh, with a month left before the trade deadline, you don't know where where your needs are going to be leading up in, for the next month. Yeah, because, because something else that you might need more importantly, right, uh, might show up. Right. 
Um, your folks at Pro Football Focus uh-huh. uh, was tweeting where they were tweeting about Stephon Gilmore signing with Carolina, and it just caught my eye. The Carolina Panthers have the second best defense in the. I NFL. saw your tweet. <laughs> According to EPA per play, how mighty they the, you can fall right from the first best to the second best. That's where it's so early in the year. Right. I, I just laugh at it because oh, they got the best offense in the league. They got the best second best defense in the league. Whatever it is, and it doesn't take into account strength of schedule. Right, and as we talked about leading up to that Carolina game. They had played whom? They yeah. They played the Jets and the Saints with Jameis Winston and the Texans. Texans that's right. With Miles, My, no, Davis Miles. Davis Mills. Mills. I was going to say Miles Davis. No, I think he's a singer, right? Uh, and so, so the Cowboys put 36 in, up on Carolina in three quarters. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and if that's the second best defense in the league, then the Cowboys are going places. This right, year. absolutely. So yeah, they, they, you, get, you got to look inside the numbers sometimes. All right, you want to go with a practice report? Yeah. Um, in fact, I just saw Zeke talk to the media, and uh, did he say he was resting. He had a knee discomfort. Knee but, discomfort. But he's going to be okay. Sounds like a veteran day to me. Okay. And he he did not. You know, Mike said that there would be some guys limited, but he never put on uh, a uniform, and so uh, you know he was out there kind of standing around watching. I thought the other guys that. Uh, you know, would catch your eye. Amari Cooper, who had the hamstring in the game, uh, he was out there. He might have been limited. They might have limited his snaps. But uh, while special teams was going on, he was doing the resistant cord uh, work. Um, along with uh, the guy you mentioned, uh, Joseph, uh, who Calvin was, Joseph. Calvin Joseph, who was out with, uh, was it a knee? I'm trying to remember. Yes. It was, wasn't it? Uh, he was doing some resistance work. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, your NFC Defensive Player of the Week. That's right. That's Went right. From the month to the week. He's mm-hmm. working on his second month That's right, right now. Uh, remember, they said a little t- uh, back tightness. I don't know if he was doing everything, but he was at least out there, and it looked like he was prepared to practice at least at a limited time, uh, basis. Randy Gregory... Um, you know, last week it was a little bit of a knee, but he was out there. Uh, Anai and Neil were practicing along with Carlos Watkins. So uh, that's a good sign for the, the defensive front. And it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with that defensive front. You mentioned the 3-4 that they played at times in the first half against uh, Carolina. But if you get Watkins back uh, and you, Gregory's good to go, um, you've got your – full complement of linebackers that actually can play linebacker. Uh, Basham looks like... What do you mean by that? Linebackers that can actually play linebacker. I should I should have rephrased that. Parsons playing linebacker because he okay. can play linebacker right. instead of that defense. Was, that yeah. wasn't that's a not what it meant. No, <laughs> no that's reference. not what I was trying to do. <laughs> I'm not that mean. <laughs> um, and so... And so, yeah, they're starting to get these guys back. And then, look, at some point, talking about the roster, right, 
Lael Collins is going to come back. Mm. Now, they're 52 right now. They're three games in. He's got two games left to go. I think uh, he's back after the bye. So he's got the, he misses this, the Giants and the, the Giants Patriots. And he's the Patriots, 60% right. of the way through his five-game right. suspension. Which could have been two. Yeah. I'm just shaking my head for people that aren't watching. <laughs> uh, so he's going to take up a roster spot. Uh, at some point, you want Demarcus Lawrence back on the roster, right? And yes. that, so we're probably looking at much of this after the bye. Uh, you probably want when he's healthy, Kelvin Joseph back on the roster. You want Michael Gallup back on the roster. Uh, Sean McKeon, you'd like him back. McEwen. Uh, McEwen, I'm sorry. Uh, Neville Gallimore, when he's mm-hmm. ready. Uh, you know, if Francis Bernard, Josh Ball, so they got guys that they would like to get back on the 53, well, you're not going to have room for all these guys. Now, you're not going to sit there and go, well, we'll probably get some injuries and we can rotate guys out, but you can't plan on that. Well, and that's, that, that doesn't it's even It's a physical game, Mickey. Tristan so, Hill. Oh, my hamstring. Yeah, oh, right? oh yes. it hurts. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> go sit for three weeks, uh-huh. right? That's what I like about this uh and I think going forward, uh, it, it needs to stay this way where uh, you can use this injured reserve in this capacity, uh, kind of like baseball with the injured list in baseball where you've got – it used to be 15-day and now it's 10-day, where it just makes more practical sense as far as your roster is – you're spending so much money, okay, uh, on all these players – and in the past, you had if guy got hurt and he's out for uh, projected for a month, well, you got no spot for him, and so he's out for the season instead. Right. You know, and the, what protects against stashing players is the fact there is a salary cap. Exactly. In my opinion, because I was going to say that's right. why we were in the situation with right. the IR previously because there was too many. Oh yeah, I got a hamstring, right? right? And then four still, weeks later, you would bring the guy back. You didn't want to lose him. And, and and that made a lot of sense back in the uh, bef- the pre salary cap era. But there was phony injuries, right. is Why it went away? That's right. So that's right. They, they kind of was it. that was nearly thirty years ago. Now. That's right. <laughs> and I've told you the story about the cowboy quarterback in in a preseason game, right? Uh huh. They they purposely called a, a quarterback uh, bootleg, and they wanted him to keep the ball and run towards the cowboy sideline. Uh, because he wasn't going to make the team, but they wanted to get him on IR. Mm-hmm. And they told him, and then when you run towards our sideline, our camera's right there, and just before you get there, grab your hamstring. <laughs> and he forgot to grab his hamstring. And I'm going, if he ain't smart enough to do that, then you don't I don't want, want him out there yeah. calling plays. <laughs> <laughs> so they wound up having to cut him. So, yes, I believe that's what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what was going on back then. Uh-huh. And then the NFL said, okay, these guys you got on IR, we're bringing an in independent doctor there to check them out to make sure they really do have an injury and they really aren't practicing by the way and so that's how we got to the you know for the year ir you know the other thing about it uh, well i'll get to that in just a second I, since i teased the three four i love the fact that this roster is uh is has enough um, hybrid players on it where they can they can run a three four or a four three week to week basically or series to series basically. Yeah. I thought though they played better the second half without it. Right, right, but there are more co- pressure. Right, and uh, yeah, and then 
I thought the adjustment made it halftime. I mean, it was it was as if Dan Quinn told the Carolina Panthers, "Okay, you're going to treat our offense that way and put six or seven guys up on the line of scrimmage, yeah. and we don't know who's coming and Here who's dropping. Go. Here we go. All right, we're going to do the same to you. Yeah. And and Darnold could not handle that. And right. That was a huge reason why that that game tilted in the third quarter. I always worried about a three four against the run. Yeah, as as evidence the other day. Yeah, I mean, and as evidence, I mean, they were kind of doing it last year, you know, especially with uh, Everson Griffin, who had never played without his hand on the ground, and they were trying to stand him up. Or nor and, Demarcus Lawrence and Lawrence too. Uh, and Lawrence is a four three defensive end. Okay? Yes. And um, I mean, but there aren't very many other players on this roster who you would say, okay, he is quote unquote one or the other. You yeah, know? no, absolutely. Uh, but but the guys that they acquired, uh, Brent Urban has been in a three four throughout his career. Carlos Watkins, I'm talking the defensive lineman, uh, guys with long arms, you know, who can play that five technique, whatever. Parsons can play either inside backer or outside, obviously, your defensive end. Van Der Esch has that same ability where he could play an outside linebacker, kind of in that Clay Matthews mold, whatever. Uh, and uh, I just think from a strategic standpoint, it just makes a world of difference because the opposition doesn't know how to uh, – you can tailor your game plan to fit whatever the other team does if you've got hybrid players. Right, like that, because you know? what they did is they, they used a lot of early Justin Hamilton and, uh, and Bohanna. Bohanna mm-hmm. as the nose tackle, right. and and so you got to have, as Randy White used to say, that big bazooka in the middle too, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he's always called for we we got to get a big bazooka in the middle of that defense, you know. Although, although all I know is every time back in the '90s when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls, when they went up against a team with a three-four, mm-hmm. they ran right over, gash them. They gashed them because those outside uh, linebackers couldn't hold up against the run. So you just send. You know, Nate Newton pulling against a 240-pound linebacker. And by the way, it wasn't a 3-4, but when we're talking about Carolina's defense being the second-best defense in the league, well, that defense could not handle – Zeke Elliott and a running back running up the you know between the tackles like Zeke right. can run and and an overpowering offensive line which the Cowboys are featuring right now. Yeah, and so, and they will those, continue to I do mean, that. They had two hundred and forty pound defensive ends out there, you know. And so, so they gave up 245 yards rushing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> pound right. for pound is enough. That's right. Yard for pound, I guess that, I should that's call right. it. Different deal this week against the Giants. The Giants' defense, uh, they've got, uh, they aren't big bazookas, but their defensive line, they've invested heavily yes. in, that, in that defensive line, led by Leonard Williams up front. And we'll talk more about that as we go along. And by the way, when we come back on mixed shots, there's a Giants player who has won an award, much like what Trayvon Diggs oh. won for the Cowboys when Mix Shots continues. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 
Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Back, back, to Mick Shots. Cowboys Nation can join the fight against cancer with 2021 Crucial Catch gear. Every dollar of NFL royalties from this collection will be donated to the American Cancer Society. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com. A fanatics experience. I always want to say fantastic experience. <laughs> well, it's a fantastic fanatics yeah. experience. A fanatics experience. Is that uh, spelled F-A-N, or is it one of those funky spellings no, no, it's of fanatics? F- it's F-A-N. Okay. Uh, Daniel Jones, Giants quarterback, named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week after his performance last week, a Giants victory in overtime over the New Orleans Saints. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier, Trayvon Diggs, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. I wonder how many times they've gone up against each other, the Offensive Player of the Week Ah, against the team with the Defensive Player of the Week. That's something for someone else to research. (laughs) (laughs) But Daniel Jones is playing well. Yes. And he had 402 yards passing in that game. Now, I would make the case that, uh, well, Zeke had 143, but... uh, Now, but he, it was against the number one defense. That's right. That's right. It's the number one defense in the league. Number one rushing defense. Number too. one rushing defense. Number one passing defense. Number one overall defense. As a matter of fact, he gave he came up two yards short of the total yards Carolina had given up in three games. That's right. That's all they'd given up was one forty five. Yeah. And nobody had rushed for more than twenty five yards against him. Oops. Wow. Yeah. Um, so now they're number two defense, huh? But I would say, yes, they are. I, well, according to, well, no, I'm sorry, that was according to your friends at PFF. Carolina, number three. Oh, they're going down the charts. Number three. I think they got the Eagles this week. Tenth again. They went from first against the run to tenth, and they're second against the pass because the Cowboys didn't need to throw the ball. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wouldn't sleep on these New York Giants. No, though. I would not. I absolutely would not. Um, 
And and obviously the Cowboys are different team than when Jason Garrett left, right? The guys from it's turned over quite a bit mm-hmm. between twenty and twenty one. Uh, but he does know some of these guys, and he knows them All right, let me intimately. You All right. Would they consider – they lost their middle linebacker, Blake Martinez, last week. Yes, they did. Would pick they, up Jalen just for pick his brain. What do you think? Jason always liked him. I mean, or at least he said he always liked yeah. him. And then how the, that guy at the Combine, he just lit up the room when he walked into the room, his charisma and so forth. And, he, and, and, he, and of course, they had Rod Smith, his brother, on here. Right. Uh, and so he loves the family. Uh, do you think Jason has enough pull with uh, the Giants to say, hey? They might, that probably depends on how much he's willing to play for. You know, that does have a little something to do with the timing of the release. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's smart on the Cowboys' part. Uh, if you're going to release a player, w- don't do it Monday morning, whatever, or, or where he hits uh, by 3 o'clock Monday. He is um, – if you think he might be picked up by another team, yeah. uh, you know, wait until the waiver uh, – at least the uh, so, transaction, so today transaction at time o'clock. at 3 o'clock yeah. on Wednesday yeah. where a team can't pick him up necessarily to – and, and and basically have one less day to pick his brain. Right, right. And and then the other thing is, uh, and then you teams that have a full roster, they got to cut somebody. Mm-hmm. And now you're one day into preparing for the next game, and that guy's not going to get there till Thursday or Friday. Probably can get there Thursday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that that's a consideration. But yeah, I you know what? I thought it was a good thing that the Giants won that game. I don't, yeah. I don't want anybody coming in here 0-4 because mm-hmm. at some point they're going to win one, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how bad you may be playing. And they're not playing bad, right? Two of the losses were they overtime could, they field goals. They could goals. easily be 3-1. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'll put take that back. They could easily be 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. I mean, they lost to Washington because Dexter Lawrence jumped offsides on the what would have been the game-winning field goal attempt, which was missed. Right. And they gave him a second chance, and they made it and lost 30-29. to 29. So if he doesn't jump offsides, they win that game. Yeah. And now, having, now having him. said that, had they won that game, they might not have won this week's game. You know, it, it was, it's one of those things where it became desperation time for them going to New Orleans this past week, and everyone gets a little more focused. Uh, but And then the other game was against Atlanta. They had a lead against Atlanta, and they lost on a game-ending field goal in that game, too, 17-14. Yeah, so, so it's not like, oh, okay, they're not really good. You know, watch out. Now, what, what have we said, though? They were playing Atlanta, and they were playing – and New Orleans does not look to be the same New Orleans team that beat Green Bay in the opener 38-3. to I don't know how that happened. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That tells you what a good coach Sean Payton is, <laughs> if he could pull that off uh-huh. with Jameis Winston, who you don't know, up and down, right? That's kind of him, um, what you're going to get. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, a lot of, and, and we've said this all along, just look who's playing quarterback for these teams. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the Giants and the Panthers, when you look at Daniel Jones can run the ball like Darnold ran the ball, right? Okay, uh, he has he's not turning the ball over. His only interception was and and Darnold was not throwing not was not throwing interceptions until he went up against Diggs this past week. Uh, Daniel Jones' only interception was on a hail mary, 
Okay, and now he only has four touchdown passes, but they're playing it close to the vest, conservatively, and uh, staying in games. And so that is that is their recipe coming in here on Sunday afternoon. And his quarterback rating is ninety eight point three, so he's he's uh, one one spot behind Justin Herbert, who everybody thinks is the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? Um, Top fifteen in the league, as far as his passer rating goes uh i would have to well i can tell you hang on uh where is he at jones he's 15th there you go there you go so it's top 15 yeah i did see something there uh, two quarterbacks in the league have five straight games with passer ratings of 90.0 or higher you follow me on that yes Five straight games with with passer ratings of 90.0 or higher. Two quarterbacks in the league have done that. So we're taking into account four games this year plus the last game last year. Who would most two quarterbacks be? Well, it can't be Dak since he didn't play the game well, last year. Well, the How last, about the game, last he game he played, he, played okay. he would have. So he has to be one of them. He's not one of them. He's because not. against uh, one of the games this year, He only his passer rating was only 87. I guess against the Chargers, maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah, because they didn't really yeah. throw the ball that much. Well, get this. So right, he, let me so, answer, and I'll answer the question for you. Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray are the only quarterbacks in the league that have five straight games with passer ratings of 90.0 or more. So 14th, so he's 15th. 14th is? Herbert. Justin Herbert. 13th, Tom Brady. 12th, Aaron Rodgers. Wow, he's in some pretty good company about right that? there. about <laughs> that? Better not sleep on Where's Daniel Dak? Jones. Oh, Dax. Uh, like fourth? Uh, fourth. Okay. Third in touchdowns. Uh, okay, one, two. What? Since we're going down this road, one, two, and three. One is Russell Wilson, two, Mahomes, and three, Matthew Stafford. Where's Murray? Murray is fifth. There you go. So you, there you got your top five. Russell Wilson has not thrown a pick, right? Uh, you're right. Yeah. And Murray's thrown four. That shows that he's done a lot of other stuff. So where's why is his so high? Well, he's got a 70, high percentage, seventy-six percent, yeah. uh, completion percentage, nine touchdowns, so one less than Dak. Um, yeah, and he's at yards he's at, per attempt. Probably he's at one fifteen, and Dak's at one sixteen nine. Okay, and his yards per attempt. And here's the here's the one. He's at nine point five. Yeah, and that's the other thing with Daniel Jones. His yards per attempt is over eight. It's eight point two. So, all right, we'll get more into the Giants as the week goes on. And Everson will be with us uh, tomorrow. And we are out of time on already. This edition of Mix Shots. We will chat at you again tomorrow at one thirty. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!